Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we got a story about making a jerk hitting on girls pay for their drinks and your drinks as well. We'll get to that in a bit, but first... I made a Wikipedia page for my racist ex's English last name to make her think she was Jewish. Pretty straightforward. When we were dating, she would make little comments that sounded a tad racist. When I mentioned it, shortly before we broke up, she said, No, I'm just racially aware. One of the most notable incidents was that I mentioned that her name sounded like a Hebrew word, and she got visibly irritated. She told me, No, it's definitely an English name. There's English towns with that name, etc. This bugged me for years, so eventually I just decided to make a Wikipedia page for her last name. To mention English derivation briefly, but heavily highlight any source that would imply it was Jewish. What's really hilarious to me is I've spoken to her more recently, unsolicited drunken phone calls from her backyard, hiding from her husband, and when I brought up her last name, she actually mentioned how she was reading that it's probably Jewish. She sounded pretty okay with it so I consider that a win. Usually most pages are pretty heavily moderated so you can't make tweaky changes like that that would last long enough to really push your viewpoint like this, but this only reinforces the fact that anybody can edit Wikipedia. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is, I'm making a Tudor style revenge dress. You might be wondering why the freak I'm making a Tudor revenge dress. Let me take you back 9 years when I started dating my ex. I was 27 and he was 21. We dated from November to February. In this time, he got really intense. Like, not even a month in, asking why I wasn't thinking about kids with him, getting mad that I won't let him take care of me, trying to change how my roommate at the time did things in our apartment, insisted that he was living with me, even though I stated, Absolutely not. Not until you've lived on your own for a year at least. He was in his last year of college and living at home, condescending my independence, upset if I asked for some alone time. I had to ask that I have a day alone or tell him I was having a sister night. And by the end, I'm pretty sure he was trying to get me pregnant. At the end of February, when I started looking forward to the warm months, I realized the idea of spending time with him. I was miserable at the idea. So I broke up with him. For the next six months, he stalked and harassed me, asking when we could be friends again. Mutual friends were telling me he was insistent that he was going to get me back. I swear he thought everything in life was going to be like the movies or TV. He finally left me alone when he met the woman that became his wife. He got her pregnant and then got married before the year was over, but the damage was done. I was a shell of a human who withdrew from the very small social scene in my area. He even had wormed his way into my oldest circle of friends that I never introduced him to, so I couldn't even hang out with my other friends. He burned bridges with the friends I met him through, so he finds a new circle of people too. A year or so later, my now boyfriend moves to the area, he's in the SCA, basically historical LARPing, and my exes join the SCA, so they meet and become friends. Long story short, my ex hasn't learned boundaries, and that he can't just manipulate everyone around him without some people catching on, and he damaged his friendship with my now boyfriend. A year ago in September, my boyfriend and I start dating, and he finds out that I'm that OP. 
and we share stories and puzzle pieces get put into place. He's a bit worse than either of us thought. Anyway, my boyfriend wants me to go to an SCA weekend event, and I love to sew and wear costumes, so I'm down. I made a simple dress and made a persona for the event. He did warn me that my ex will probably be there, and I said that's fine, I can ignore him. Side note, we live in a small community, so my boyfriend was trying to mend the fence with him, and I said I can ignore him, but I will not interact with him until he apologizes for how he behaved after the breakup. He talked to X and said, if you want to come to the things I host here, you'll have to talk to Kelly. The camping weekend comes and I was very able to ignore him, even if we were in the same group of people. But apparently after that weekend, he asked my boyfriend not to bring me to any events. Fast forward to now, and my boyfriend wants me to go to the holiday event in January. I plan on making the most elaborate Tudor gown with beading and layers of fabric. And because of my boyfriend's rank in the make-believe kingdom court, I can wear a circlet as I'm his consort. It's going to piss him off so much. Our next story is, won't call me by my name? You get a new one. People often mispronounce my name, even family members who have known me my whole life. I'm in my late 20s. Think a person named Marissa being called Melissa? I was at my family's Thanksgiving, and my uncle Gary kept calling me the wrong name. I let it go a few times, but after the fourth time I told him, it's real name. His response was, what did I say? And when I corrected him, he said, what does it matter? I said it close enough. I've heard this my whole life, but this time something broke inside of me. Cool, pronouncing my name correctly doesn't matter. I renamed him Gerd. A few family members and I kept calling him Gerd the rest of the day. At first he acted like he didn't care and thought it was funny, but towards the end of the day he admitted he'll work on getting my name correctly. Until he can pronounce my name consistently, his name is Gerd. I completely understand that not all names come to people naturally. Some people have issues saying names correctly. Even if it's said to them multiple times, it takes a bit for them to get it down. What actually really matters is how they carry themselves with that. Uncle Gary here said, I'm sorry, I have the hardest time pronouncing things. I'm trying my best to get it right. That's a lot different than, what does it matter? I said it close enough. Our next story is, won't stop your dog from crapping on my lawn? Enjoy your painful lesion. Happy Thanksgiving, you all. This isn't my story, but my cousin's. He told me this while we were eating today, and I couldn't stop laughing from the outcome. I'll call my cousin Joe for this story. Joe lives in a small town in between where I live and Tucson. He moves there in 2016 after graduating college the same year. For the most part, he lived quietly for a few years, until early this year his new neighbor Karen moved in. Joe described her like the typical Karen look, nut, a little overweight. At first, she keeps to herself, but would complain to all the neighbors about small things she finds in their yards to nitpick. But nobody takes it seriously. Joe mainly kept off her radar, but that would change during the summer when he notices a bunch of dog turds laying in his yard. Joe doesn't own a dog. He has cameras that cover his house. So... He went and took a look to see where they were coming from, and it was Karen's dog when she would go for a walk. The camera clearly shows her stopping at the corner of his yard and her letting her dog loose in Joe's yard to do its business. Joe went to her house and told her to stop letting her dog poop in his yard. She denied it until he told her that he has cameras and it caught the whole thing. Her defense was, well, your yard already looks like a dump so it shouldn't bother you now. That pissed him off because he takes care of his lawn every week and he doesn't take kindly to that. 
He tells her that if she keeps letting her dog poop in his yard, he'll get police involved. And he walked away. Not even a week later, he finds more dog poop in the same spot and Karen on the camera letting her dog loose. He wasn't kidding about letting police know, and later that day they came by and gave her a ticket for her dog pooping in other people's yards. Karen gets pissed and comes to Joe's house, telling him that he'll be paying for the ticket. He politely told her to piss off and slam the door on her. This doesn't stop Karen from letting her dog poop on Joe's lawn, and every time he calls the cops on her. This repeats three more times before Joe decides to take matters into his own hands and teach Karen a lesson. Joe bought a water pellet gun from the Wall of Mart a few years prior and borrowed a full-body camo suit from a friend and waited for a day when Karen would take her dog for a walk. That Tuesday, at 3, she left for her run and Joe set his trap. It didn't take long for Karen to come back, and right as she let her dog loose, a beagle, and it ran to the same spot, Joe emerged from his hiding spot and opened fire, not hitting the dog, but right near it, causing it to run back. As Karen was about to curse Joe out, she realized he set her in his sight, and Joe opened up at her, hitting her in the chest, below region, and rear back as she ran. She called the cops, and it was the same ones who ticketed her the previous times. When they saw the footage of what happened, they couldn't stop laughing as Karen was fuming at them. They then gave her another ticket and told her if they had to come out for her again, they would have animal control come out and take her dog away, as she clearly didn't learn her lesson the first time. When she asks why Joe was getting off free, they just said her dog was in his yard, and he was free to do as he pleased. From that day on, Karen avoided Joe and his yard. What got me laughing hard was what he said she was wearing and the color of the water pellet he used. She was wearing spandex pants and a tank top that was two sizes too small and were colored white. The pellets were yellow. It looked like she peed herself as she was running away to her house. Me and the rest of the family were laughing after hearing this and couldn't top that with what else was going on with our own stories from the years. Even mine about how someone thought I was too young to buy scratchers. It took the first mention of lesion to understand that they actually meant to say lesson. I don't know what I really expected, but I really wanted to find out how this Karen was going to get some lesion. Our next story is tit for tat toddler. Had a diamond studded jerk bring a toddler to the doctor's office, not pediatrician, in Manhattan and let the brat run wild. I'm mentioning diamonds because it was clear she had the means to hire a sitter. I understand when a sitter gets sick, etc., but instead, here she was with Heck Brad and doing nothing to control him. It was a group phlebotomist station, and the kid decided it was their new running track. Nothing quite like having the nurse dodge a toddler while holding a needle in your arm. The poor woman messed up the draw, and a bruise started to form on my inner arm. The jerk mom saw it all, did zip just stared past me and the poor nurse as the receptionist chased her spawn. Well, I concluded my business and, since I missed lunch, brought a box of cookies on my way down to the subway under the building. Did I mention it was 1 o'clock? The witching hour of hungry and nap-free toddlers. Jerk mom walked down the platform and stood a few feet away from me, jerking the fussy toddler under her hip, toddler looking back over her shoulder. I was hungry and the huge bruise on the arm where the vein tore was spreading. And yeah, I was pissed. So I opened the cookie box, pull out a cookie and look the kid dead in the eye and bit into it. 
the kid explodes into a tantrum of non-verbal fury, kicking jerk moms, screeching, pointing at me, solidly staring past them onto the tracks, cookie box hidden under my opposite arm. Mom glances back, sees nothing and turns away. The kid calms a bit, glaring daggers at me. My train arrives, so putting another cookie in my mouth, to the incredulous rage of the toddler, I stroll onto my car, to his indignant screams. I wonder if jerk mom's toddler inflicted bruise lasted as long as mine. Mine lasted a month. Let's be real, if a toddler is running around and causes you to get a bruise from a needle in your arm, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the setting, I feel like the parent that's supposed to be watching that kid deserves to have to deal with their tantrumy, whiny, crying child after that. Our next story is Petty Pigeon Poop Payback. This is a tale that happened years ago back when dinosaurs ruled the earth and I was a year into my first apartment. This also isn't my revenge, but it happened to me. One evening as I came up the driveway to the parking nearest my apartment, I saw a gathering of pigeons right in the middle of the right of way. If it was another type of bird, I would have slowed down to give them plenty of time to move, but I knew pigeons were pretty fast on takeoff, so I just plowed right through them. They naturally scattered in an annoyed flurry of wings. I parked, went inside, and thought no more of it. The following morning, I head outside to head to work and find that my car is covered in bird poop. Only my car, too, which told me that this was a targeted bombing. I looked at my Skylark in the white splats it sported, and I thought back to the pigeons. That was when I learned that pigeons could be vengeful. I definitely wouldn't put it past pigeons, especially ones that have learned to kind of coexist with bustling human city living to be able to hold grudges or, you know, get some payback against identified targets. Now, I've heard some pretty crazy stories about ravens and crows. Those birds can actually have, like, their own enemies, and apparently they can communicate to other ravens and crows that a certain person isn't to be trusted. You can actually get in bad with a crowd of ravens and crows. Our next story is, hope she liked math. When I was in fourth grade, we had a single computer in the classroom we'd use for various things. This was in the late 80s. In particular, there was a math program we all had to spend time answering problems and pass. There was a girl in my class that I can only describe as imagining a sour spinstress from a Dickens novel as a fourth grader. Very mean to several of us, including myself. After one time in particular, I decided to go into that math program. I had figured out how to get into teacher mode and deleted her record. Despite her protests, she had to go through all the problems again. You know, growing up, going through school, I always had teachers that used the teacher key and I always thought it was unfair. Because without fail, there were always the example questions in math classes that the teachers would do and I actually would follow along greatly with it and then they would assign a few questions that are in the textbook to do at home. And all of a sudden the textbook questions would have like a flipped format or like an extra letter to solve for or slipped in another operation in there. So you'd come back, you turn the homework in and then you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Go over the work, and the teacher would just look at the key to get the answer beforehand and then solve it. It always annoyed me. I was probably just dumb. Math is not my strong point. This next story is, mess with my balloon, will you? I was about 10, and my cousin was 9. We were at a community health fair near our grandmother's house. There was a booth that had a huge balloon tied to the desk to attract attention, and it definitely caught ours. We started talking to the woman working the booth and convinced her to let us have the balloon after the fair was over. She was fine with that, so we planned on sticking around until the end and get our cool balloon. Sometime later, we overheard another group of kids talking about how they were going to get this cool, huge balloon after the fair. We went back to the booth and the woman told us that these guys came by after she had given us the balloon and they had offered the princely sum of 50 cents for it. This was quite a lot back in 1965. So she said that we were just out of luck. We were having none of that so we planned a counterattack. We found a few rocks and crept alongside the low wall that was near that desk and the first rock hit the balloon and it popped. We then went and found the other group and told them the bad news about their balloon and suggested that we all go over there and get a refund from the woman. She refused, saying that that was just our bad luck and to get lost. 
These kids now became our new best friends, and we were going to help them get their refund. We searched out someone who seemed to be in charge and told her the sad tale of the mysteriously popped balloon and that the woman wouldn't give our friends a refund. She wasn't happy with the worker and forced her to give the money back and sent the woman home, presumably without pay for the rest of the day. The desk was quickly staffed by someone else, and we went our way without any balloon, but still satisfied that justice had been served. Usually you don't want to support somebody going and destroying property, but if you promised kids a balloon and then they turn around and give it to somebody else because they paid you 50 cents for it, which is almost worth $5 today, maybe you do deserve to get that balloon popped. To be fair though, $5 is $5 and if you're not keeping the balloon, it'd be nice to have a little pocket change. Pop! This next story is Ruin a Bully's Childhood. I don't know if it fits in this subreddit, but I recently thought of it and would like to share. I remember in first grade, there was this kid who continuously bullied. I think the reason was I was a brown-skinned person living in a predominantly white neighborhood. This kid didn't intimidate me, he mainly just annoyed me. Cue revenge. One day in science class, we were learning about how our body parts moved, about tendons and how you can move your hands and legs. There was this one really gross example where they brought in a dead chicken. The tendon was still attached, and the teacher showed how the tendon makes the part move. This bully sat next to me in that class. In that class, he was eating one of those white cheese sticks. You know, the ones like string cheese, you'd peel the cheese off. I noticed that the tendons in the chicken were white and stringy like the cheese. So I leaned over and told him, you know that you're eating chicken tendons. I got told on, but I think it was worth it. I don't know if this qualifies as petty revenge, but it'll live in my head forever. Honestly, you probably ruined cheese sticks for that kid forever. It kind of gives me the same vibe as I myself had when I found out that stuff like Jell-O is made from animal bones. I don't know why, but it really impacted the way I viewed anything Jell-O or gelatin-like for quite a while. This next story is, thanks for the drinks. For some background, I'm in a graduate program with about 50 students. I generally get along with everyone, I'm very outgoing. But there is one guy, let's call him B, who I really don't like, but for good reason. He tries to sleep around with all of the girls in our class. If he does sleep with them, he ghosts them. On several occasions after parties, he would lay down in one of my girlfriends' beds and without asking, wait for them. We've had to remove him multiple times. When confronted, he blames his past relationships for ruining him. I was also seeing a girl in our class, and when we had a one-week break, he texted her saying, You want a serious you-know-what-ing? Real class act. Anyway, one night my class is out at the bars. I was talking to one of B's friends, who mentioned that B said, Why are you talking to OP? I freaking hate OP. I'm all about confrontation, so I wanted to chat with him, but my friends wouldn't let me. I continue to think of things I can say to him about the matter. I've never done anything wrong to him, aside from removing him from my friend's beds and, you know what, blocking him, I guess. As the night goes on, I hear someone go up to B and say, Hey, the bar was crazy, so I just put my drinks in your tab and I Venmo you. Without hesitation, I turn to my friend and his girlfriend and ask what they want to drink. And I end up getting a few drinks, courtesy of B's tab. Felt nice, loved the free drinks, and it was definitely enough to help me forget about the issue, but I still don't like him. 
Not gonna lie, this guy sounds like a patient zero candidate for some new STD or something. This guy sounds like they're going around trying to find it wherever they can. Our next story is a fun case of road rage. I was driving back home from Thanksgiving with my parents today and there was some stop and go traffic. My brakes are in need of a little love, so I decided to make it more of a slow cruise for me so I didn't waste gas or use my brakes too much. The guy behind me started flashing his high beams at me every time the car in front of me was more than a car away, and I kept on flipping him off and cruising. He could have passed me if he wanted to. Like, I honestly was jamming to some weird Christian rock, so I was in a weirdly good mood and wouldn't have minded if he just went around. Once we started moving again though, I had to change lanes and he was definitely showing signs of road rage by keeping me from merging over. When he finally passed me, he would drive in the middle of the lanes to prevent me from passing him. We almost got into like 5 accidents, so I called the cops. During that time, he's brake checked me, tried to run me off the road, and just was being an overall jerk. Somehow, I wasn't exactly bothered because it was my first time dealing with road rage, and I'm just excited to have a story. Anyways, the cops finally find us, and he gets pulled over, and I just smiled and waved and kept on listening to whatever weird Christian rock was playing. You mean to tell me OP's just cruising down the road, listening to Christian rock, jamming out, and meanwhile, while Christian rock is playing, they're throwing the middle finger around? Smiling while this dude is just raging at them. It's honestly a pretty funny picture. Our next story is elevator etiquette. A little stupid, but I thought I would make my first post after lurking so long in the sun. Folks cutting into elevators when others are there first are just plain rude, especially when it's full. Normally it's not as bad, but I've been there waiting for a while for the elevator to come. This has been happening often lately, so I could not resist. This couple shows up about a minute before the elevator arrives, and the wife jumps right in front of me and goes in, then motions for the husband to follow. He actually goes in as he shrugs at me. It was too full for me to go in, as it was checkout time at the hotel, and I've already watched two elevators go by. Well, maybe you are in more of a hurry than me, but now, I'm no longer in a hurry. I waited for the door to almost close, and then I pressed the elevator button, and it opens back up. I shrugged my shoulders at the folks in there and stared at the husband. I chuckled to myself as I watched it almost close a second time. Oops, I did it again. I only did it three times and then finally let it close the fourth time. It wasn't as funny anymore, and I wanted to meet up with my husband. Sorry to the unintended victims in there. Yep, so that's my story. I'm just imagining being the first person in that elevator. You're the first one in there, maybe it's empty when you start, and no matter what you do, there's just people constantly walking in right in front of you. Every floor, more and more people get on, and then all of a sudden you hit this floor where OP just keeps opening the elevator. You're standing in the back of a crowded elevator saying to yourself, please, for the love of God, just take us to the lobby. This next story is, the game is afoot. Due to Thanksgiving being recently, I figured I would share a petty revenge story that took place in 2015 on Thanksgiving and has been going since then. My uncle every year makes homemade moonshine for parties, usually apple pie flavored moonshine for Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. My family is also the type of family that we're all around alcohol, and from a young age in America, you can enjoy a sip or two as long as it's a family event. You're 16 and just helped cook all day? Take a sip if you want. 
Well, in 2015, my cousin decided she didn't want a sip, she wanted a cup. She waited for everyone to not be looking, filled the cup up with moonshine, and drank the whole thing. This obviously didn't go well since she's 15 and ended up throwing up. Her mother, my aunt, said it was my uncle's fault for having it in plain view where she could reach. Well, he didn't make a fuss. He simply said, okay, I'll fix it. For the past seven years, including this Thanksgiving, every time they've attended a party with alcohol, he brings out his alcohol riser, a huge stack of wood, almost like a deck, and places it right there on it. It's about six and a half feet off the ground, so you have to reach overhead for it, just not a lot. All of my uncles and grandfather are six foot to five foot ten, so it's a little of a reach but manageable. My aunt, however, is five foot four and can't reach anything. The best part, my cousin, who was the one who started all of this, grew to being five foot eight. So now she reaches up and grabs what she wants. It's the biggest reach for her, though. I have four cousins and she's the oldest one. The other three are ranging from 12 to 16 and are all around the five foot mark. So my uncle says he must leave it up in order to make sure the younger ones cannot access it. So each party, my aunt has to ask my uncle to pour her drink. We all laugh. She takes it, and then by drink three, almost all the alcohol is back on the normal table for all to reach. Sometimes it varies, but it never stays the whole night. Occasionally he'll pour her drink and then set it immediately on the table. If my other uncles pour a drink and immediately put it on the table, nothing said. She did end up apologizing after seeing it next year. She forgot about the whole fiasco and didn't even think about it. She knew she was wrong, but didn't like the idea of admitting it to her brother. It's a great story of classic sibling rivalry and a funny starter conversation for newcomers. Why is your alcohol on a structure over 5 feet tall in the yard? What do you mean? That's the alcohol table. Have you never had them? What? One of them fancy classic alcohol tables, of course. Everybody has one of those. That said, our final story of the day is a triumph. I used to get bullied a lot in school. They mostly hated me because I was an A student. In my country, it was common for people of color to hate on each other for succeeding. I wasn't raised to think like that though. I was raised to praise other people's successes. We all used to get along until we reached my country's equivalent of senior year. Those were the worst times for me. They excluded me, made whole hate groups against me, called me a piece of crap multiple times. Some of them even pushed me against a locker to try and intimidate me, spread rumors about me. People put weird things in my bag as a prank. I wasn't alone though. My friend, who was also an A student, got bullied too. It was horrible. The bullying wasn't too often physical, but it was rife. Then came our final exams, entry exams, and final assignments. They all kept asking me for help with the work and learning for those entry exams. Arrogant people. They really thought I would help them. No, but I pretended to. I gave them good but weak advice on how to do their essays. Good enough so they would pass, but weak marks. Assignments counted 20% of our overall marks. I would promise to tutor them, but never show up. One of them asked me out for prom. It's called matric dance in my country. I told him I would go, but never showed up. I just kept dodging them and breaking promises and messing with their marks. I refused to help them in everywhere. And knowing that they would be afraid to ask teachers for help, I told them, do it anyway. I don't have as much time as I thought I would. Then, when the last bully decided to hurt me once more, 
I was lucky enough to have some of my teachers as witnesses, so I finally got to report him with evidence. His bullying was put on his record. This bully had it coming. He once threatened our pregnant vice principal to become a prefect, so everything was set up for his failure. All the universities he wanted to go to didn't accept him. As for the rest of them, they passed their final exams, but not enough to get into the courses they set their eyes on. They were so focused on getting back at me for not helping them the way they wanted that they failed to study hard enough, which I knew they would do. They're all now miserable, either doing courses that they never wanted or not being in university or college at all. My country has strict requirements for entrance into higher institutions. Finally, I got into a course that I always dreamed of being in. And guess what? I've gotten merit awards and made sure that my bullies would see them on my social media so that they would see that I succeed regardless of their tormenting me. And my friend, he too got into one of the best universities in the country and now he's going overseas with his qualifications, working in a renowned international company. This revenge was sweet. Somebody that is smart and has confidence is going to go a long way. And if you're a bunch of school-aged dumb bullies, you probably find out the hard way you're messing with somebody that is playing 4D chess a thousand steps ahead of you. They see the moves before you even think about playing them. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.